0: crowdsourcing love is brought to you by first rounds on me first rounds on me is a dating app that i love that encourages you to actually go out on dates so you can create a real genuine connection in person rather than trying through a phone screen first rounds on me is great because it cuts out all the small talk and helps you plan your first date you can only have one date per day and you can only chat with your date 12 hours before your first date starts no more pen pals. Go out and get to know someone in person. I used first rounds on me during my 28 date challenge and it was such a good experience and I loved how efficient it was um, and the guys on there are really cute and it's kind of fun to see the different places they ask you to get drinks. Some guys would ask me to get a smoothie or a coffee. Other people asked me to go and get a cocktail um, and it was really low stakes yet really really fun. Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of Crowdsourcing Love. I'm Marin from Life of Maren NYC. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this very first episode. It's with the CEO, Mark Moran. He's one of the guys I dated during the challenge. Mark is publicly facing and so he was a pro during this podcast, as you'll hear. Um, he actually originally slid into my DMs after he read my Bloomberg article um, this past February and our first date was just a drink and then our second date he um, planned a really cute scavenger hunt for Archie and myself around New York City and it was amazing and well executed and then our third date I planned and we go into it in the episode and it was kind of a shit show but Mark was an amazing sport Um, so I'm so excited for you guys to, you know, hear us together. Let me know what you think the vibe is. I mean, we ended up not dating, but he turned out to be a really good friend. But I would love to know if you guys think we have chemistry because after I posted the picture of us last week, everyone was like, oh my God, you guys look so cute together. Um, yeah, so enjoy and I will talk to you guys all soon. Welcome back to Crowdsourcing Love. I'm Marin and I have Mark Moran with me, CEO of Equity Animal.
1: That's right. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to see you again and to be here.
0: I know. Thanks for coming, mm-hmm. Mark. Um I want to start out by just learning a little bit more about, you know, who you are, where you're from. Mm-hmm. Um how long have you been in New York City? And then I'll go into, like, your finance bro turned reality <laughs> star turned yeah, CEO. Yeah, yeah, Okay. But first, let's get the background.
1: Sure, sure. So from Virginia originally. Okay. Uh, I was actually born at the Naval Academy but grew up mostly in Virginia. Wow. Then um, went to the College of William Mary for undergrad, ran track there went to the University of Virginia got a lot of green MBA there right after undergrad okay. because I always wanted to be a lawyer so then I took out a bunch of student loans mm-hmm. and was like oh shit how am I going to pay this back Yep. so then I came up to Wall Street about five years ago uh, started working at Lazard and then Center View later then uh, long story short jumped on a show called FBoy Island which mm-hmm. is probably what most people know me for and that was the best experience of my life by doing that wow. so I'm sure we'll get into that but really. did that and then And decided to um, really come back, start a company that was focused on investor relations, really tapping into younger people, invest in the stock market, Gen Z, millennials, saw the rise of the retail investor. And then here I am today. So it's been a wild past two years almost. I think I came back April... 18th. So two years ago from F boy Island, I'm, okay. uh, I'm an alum now of the Island.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. did you find love on the Island? I
1: did not find love on the okay. Island. I, I made a lot of great friends yep. who are still people I am in touch with every day mm-hmm. to this day, but it was, uh, it was more an experience for me, uh, that I'm very happy. I did that. It was something I kind of was going down a traditional finance bro route, mm-hmm. if you will. Yep. I was, uh, I was working a lot of hours. I was in a relationship. Um, um, and I, I kind of felt like I didn't really like the person that I was becoming. Wow. So I kind of took a step back and then was able to, you know, be in a situation where I was fortunate enough that I could take some time off work mm-hmm. and really go, I went to the Cayman Islands for three months during the middle of COVID and just set up this amazing opportunity to really kind of uh, have a reset on life, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So you said you didn't like the person you were becoming. Mm-hmm. Who were you becoming?
1: I think I was becoming someone... When you think of traditional finance bros, and, you know, I would imagine that you have a very traditional female audience. I have a 78% male following, you know, which I'm sure is mostly 22 to, you know, 30-year-olds in New York City. Mm -hmm. But I kind of felt like everyone aspires to be like this uh, idealized version of someone in finance, like a Patrick Bateman type.
0: Okay. And,
1: you know, I was someone who, like, when I was interning at Credit Suisse, I was 23 as a summer associate the first time I did it. The first day I get a paycheck, a guy takes me to go buy a pair of Gucci loafers. And I grew up in a very middle-class house and that was like a decent part of the paycheck. But there's kind of this light aspirational lifestyle, if you will, that you ascribe to and you want to live up to and everyone wants to be intense and all this stuff. And so, you know, I'd go, I'd work a lot and then I'd drink a lot and then, Mm -hmm. you know, hang out with my friends, hang out with the girl I was dating. And I just felt like... I was becoming kind of less of the version of... I always compare myself to uh, how 19-year-old me would think. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was straying away from that person that I wanted to be. And so this opportunity came about, and I didn't know the name of the show at all. I probably wouldn't have done it if I had known the name of the show.
0: Better that you didn't. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: And I was fortunate enough to be able to negotiate a lot of parts of the contract. So like I knew when I was going to be eliminated. I knew how I'd be portrayed with the show. So I had comfort in going into what was then an untitled reality dating show on HBO. Max. Mm -hmm. But um, it was one of those things that I was very hesitant and it wasn't until maybe a week and a half or two weeks prior to going to the Cayman Islands where it was filmed that HBO gave me the contract and I kind of had comfort with where things were. So then I told my parents and, you know, I had been single for like three months at this time. Uh, and I basically, right after I broke, well, my girlfriend broke up with me because I cheated on her, which is something we can get into.
0: Whoa.
1: Um, I didn't know this
0: about you. Yeah. 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 I'm an
1: open book. Like I said, yeah. Okay.
0: Continue. And,
1: you know, and that was part of kind of the feelings of like, I didn't like who I was or what I was doing. Right. So you cheated. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, that was your way of acting out it
1: was it was it was mental cheating that like okay. bas- like I didn't have sex with someone else but it emotional. was yeah emotional going on a date and it was it was essentially like I look back at it and it was like I wanted to get caught you know mm, because totally. i it's a very
0: male thing by yeah way, yeah because yeah, like i you don't wanna, just break up with them you, exactly. you do some passive aggressive behavior well, and
1: it's like okay let me put in 10 times the effort to do something that's gonna right. like hurt more in the long term than mm-hmm. if i was just direct and honest up front totally and so that was that was an experience that i i very much learned a lot about myself from okay and so you know i, I had all these things going on and then Uh, my track team in college got cut. So I basically kind of would come back from banking, then I'd stay up till 2, 3, 4 AM, do these Excel spreadsheets, but like for a college athletic department, got that team saved. But in the process, I was kind of able to see like the power of the media and being able to talk to different journalists in Virginia, mm-hmm. figure out that there's some federal fraud going on, manipulation of endowments, all this stuff. Yep. And then went to town on, on the athletic director at the time. Yeah, you got to put the notifications yeah, on. Yeah, I'm on. I'm
0: going to airplane <laughs> right now. Sorry. <laughs> okay, continue.
1: And, uh, and so I did that. And I was like, you know, this is fascinating, the media aspect of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this. I feel like this is a much better skill set for me. And then Rise of the Retail Investor happens. And I was like, you know what? I don't know exactly what my plan is, Mm -hmm. but I know I don't want to be sitting in front of a computer for 18 hours a day because that's not where my skill set is. And there's one day particularly where it's like, you know, like living in New York City, you live by yourself, like it gets very lonely. Mm -hmm. And so I would go into the office during COVID and on my floor at Center View, there were normally probably 50 or so people there. Mm -hmm. And that day there were only two other people, both of whom I had gone over to work for and they each made over 30 million dollars in the past few years like a year right and so it's like that's like nba player money and i'm sitting there i'm like these people are here working with like me and they're Mm -hmm. in the office when they could be you know at their vacation house like with their wives with their family no one's forcing them to do this i'm like this is the life that i'm kind of setting myself up for and exactly and like i had two great parents who like worked very hard supported me, but more importantly, like, they were there for me growing up, Mm -hmm. and that's, I think, like, one of the things about this city, like, you being from the Midwest, you know, you get that, right? Like, this is a place where it's a very workaholic culture, and I just kind of felt myself falling into that and was like, no, I need to, I need to do something drastic, Mm -hmm. and I have always known that I had a big personality, so I went from, like, 300 followers on Instagram to then, like, 800 after the track stuff.
0: After you broke that, Track scandal. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And
1: and so I'm like, all right, like I got a little social Mm -hmm. media thing. Totally. Yeah. But but it was more I was getting comfortable with myself and showing different sides of myself on the internet, which I had never done because you try to put on an appearance for everyone else. And I'm sure this is something we'll discuss. But it was uh it was kind of that was like the first nudge. And then this opportunity happened. And at first, like is how it happened was I go, I get my bonus, I walk in. And the, the founder of the firm is in a Santa hat. And then the two kind of co-founders are there in elf hats. And they slide a piece of paper across the desk to you. You flip it over and you're supposed to act disappointed like, oh, like, you know, I should have gotten more. It was like, that's the most amount of money I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, okay, I started laughing. Yeah. I go back to my desk. I pay off my student loans. I'm like, all right. I go on Hinge immediately. And then right away I matched with a casting agent. And so she was like, Hey, I don't live in New York and I actually have a boyfriend, but have you ever thought about doing reality TV? And I'm like, no, 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 no way. And then my childhood best friend was the one who kind of kept pushing me to do these interviews with him and everything. And then after a while, I got more and more comfortable with it. And I tell my parents, and this is like a week before I'm supposed to fly to the Cayman Islands. So I'm still not sure if I'm going to do it. But Mm -hmm. my mom, who, so my dad is more conservative. He was in the military and he's a psychologist. And my mom, um, she's much more liberal. So I was thinking my mom would say, yeah, like, why not do it? And my dad would be like, no, 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 hell Mm -hmm. no. But my mom was like, eh, I don't know. And my dad's like, honestly, you might learn something about yourself. Go do it. And at that point, I was like, all right, I got to go get more bathing suits because I only had one at that time. And then went to the Darianne Sports Shop in Connecticut, took it from there. And, you know, like I, I had to rent a car because I didn't have enough tropical clothing. So I was like at malls in New Jersey, buying stuff from like the video. I love Vine how you're store. like so
0: committed to the theme. Yeah. You're like I'm going to show up and show out.
1: They, well, I knew that they wanted a stereotypical white guy in finance, and okay. that's what I gave them.
0: You did. You mm-hmm. delivered, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's kind of your MO. Um, going back to being a lawyer, mm-hmm. why did you, because like there might be people who are in law school. Or who are aspiring to be lawyers, but you became one and then you never really, you're barred, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you never actually became a lawyer. Yeah, well,
1: Why? I, I actually, I do practice uh, and, and do a few various things for some friends in my free time. Okay. So I, I always want to be a civil rights attorney. Mm. and I read a lot of John Grisham novels growing up, and really kind of that was what led me to go to law school, and I always wanted to go to UVA from his books, and I got into UVA. Yeah. like, okay, perfect, no-brainer. And then it was really, you know, you take out a lot of money, you're paying 7% interest on it, and I also, like, I got to law school, and when I was in undergrad, I focused kind of more on the athletics than I did on school. Mm-hmm. I got to law school, I'm like, everyone's smarter than me here. This is like a very intimidating environment. Yeah. And so within a week or so I had applied to the business school, fortunately got in. I was the youngest person in the business school when I went there and, um, you know, really learned a lot. I'm like, I think I'm better at the business stuff, Mm -hmm. but I always had that kind of, you know, social justice side to my thinking of everything mm-hmm. and so yeah, i want to be a politician ultimately and you know because i think there's a lot of of social good that can come from when you have a voice and i think that's been one of like the really cool things about being able to have this kind of niche following of like mostly men in finance who you know ha- basically struggled to talk about personal issues. Like I think men in general struggle with that, mm-hmm. but specifically men in finance, because you're supposed to meet this stereotype of like, yeah, you, you know, you're very low emotion, you know, you're in it for the money, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, part of what led me to make these kind of big life decisions was I, um, I when like things weren't going well with uh, my girlfriend that I was dating, I started seeing a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And so I'd always block off Tuesday mornings for that. And I talked to the people above me at work about it. And one of the and I, you know I told him like I, I I need to do this every Tuesday and like you know how crazy I am and it was it, you know it was a fine conversation and you know there was nothing embarrassing or any pushback about it but then there would start to be pushback with the meetings and I I would tell people like don't schedule anything with this like or I won't be there this, this I'm is gonna my pri- sacred
0: time exactly mm-hmm. and then
1: I started to notice that it was something that would get taken out at me and then i heard that one of the people i was working under was saying comments about that and it's like okay you can say anything about me like i'm an adult i can handle that mm-hmm. and like i'm you know maybe too confident someone would say but, you know, I know not everyone is like that. And totally. this, you know, and so to me, I was like, there's there's something to be said about this, that if I could go be a voice for these types of people mm-hmm. and, you know, people that that are my people and to kind of normalize anything like this, like even that small incremental effect of it, which I think, you know, has has definitely been able to happen a little bit, like that to me is worth more than, you know, any amount of money that I'd be making.
0: I love that. That's really cool. I also think that, Another interesting thing about you, and I know that we go on a million tangents, mm-hmm. but that's just mm-hmm. like the beauty of podcasting. So ADHD. Both of us. So you also, when you went on to FBoy Island, you negotiated your contract. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so fascinating because I think a lot of reality stars come from Like Not all, okay, this is a stereotype, Mm. but there's a lot of people who don't know their rights and they're so desperate Mm. to get onto a show Mm. that they just sign any dotted line and they don't read it and then Mm. their likeness is basically portrayed whichever way. Can you talk more about negotiating your contract before going on this show? Because I think this could be interesting for people and maybe you know, give somebody who doesn't have a voice a voice if they Mm -hmm. were to ever go down that route.
1: Yeah. And that was something I wasn't really aware of either. Um, So it would have been late December. So like December 16th of 2020, let's say that I matched with this casting agent. So then after Christmas, I kind of had my first meeting with these HBO Max producers And then we get into January, and I could tell that they really wanted me. And Mm -hmm. so then at one point, one of the producers let something go like, Oh, well, would you be able to get off of work in three weeks? So then I'm like, I'm gonna have to go to this island in the Caribbean in three weeks. So like, okay, you don't have many other options than me. And I I know that if they're picking me, they're trying to choose a white guy who works in finance, that they can peg as the investment banker and all Mm -hmm. that. And it's like, I don't think there's many other people who are like contemplating doing this. No, you know? and you're
0: very shiny too. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of knew what I was walking into basically mm-hmm. with it. But that to me was the signal. It's like, okay, like let's go negotiate this contract. And so at first I was like, well, I'd really like to negotiate my contract. You get these 45-page contracts that it's like you're selling away everything. You can't do anything for a year after, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, well, no, we don't, we don't do that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, I don't need to do this. I'll just continue to work. Because mentally I had I, – I think like in life when you already make a decision in advance you lose all of like your willpower to negotiate and and kind of anything holding you back. And it's Mm -hmm. always better to not make a decision before it's actually in front of you. So I never made that decision until basically it was presented to me. But so I'm like, all right, I don't need this because I'm approaching everything from this perspective of if it happens, great. If it doesn't, it, it's a, it's a funny story to say yeah. the least. Right. Cause like, I don't even watch TV. I haven't seen, uh, the last episode of the season I was on, let alone the second season of it. Yeah. Like I just, you know, I got better stuff to do. Yep. And so then they're like, okay. And then four days later they come back to me and they're like, all right, well, if you were to edit your contract, what would you do? And then I knew I had them.
0: Yeah. So
1: then I go in and start editing the contract and I'm like mark it up and everything and send it back and then I got what I wanted but it was okay. it was one of those things too that I was the only person on the show as a male who knew that it was a parody of a dating show okay no one else knew it so like yeah. I would tell these horrible sex jokes on it and but I knew it's a parody so like I would go write down the jokes in advance I'd memorize yeah. them before the date like it was just it was so fun to me and I wasn't taking it seriously and it's so funny to watch when you how you come across and everything and but like to then come back and like to see on the internet that people take it like as real like that's who you are and i'm sure you get that too one
0: thousand percent
1: right because like we're both aggrandized versions of ourselves, and in a very similar manner actually on the internet but it's like people don't really get that Mm -hmm. and people take stuff very literally and like at first it would kind of be like whoa why do you like hate me
0: yeah and totally. I mean,
1: I could get how you could look at me and hate me, right? Yeah like I totally get that from a random person on the internet. But it was very fascinating, like, going from center view or like at Lazard I worked on the 62nd floor of 30 rock like the first time I went in there for an interview my ears popped and I'm try- I'm in an interview trying to like unpop my ears because I've never been a building that high yeah and then I go to f boy island and like the best part of it was though like growing up playing sports like I've been around you know in very diverse groups all growing up but then we're going you're about around, around a bunch of white guys who went to Harvard or Yale and it was just like the same shit over, and over you go to the same yeah. places everyone's and I was dating the it's same an echo
0: chamber exactly yeah
1: you know and it's like okay here's another blonde from Fairfield County Connecticut like mm. you know which prep school did you go to xyz and like I was just so sick of it so then like yeah. I get around like these guys and we all you know and it was funny because at first like everyone's skeptical of me because I go to my suit yeah. guy like two weeks in advance I'm like I may go on a reality tv
0: your suit guy and that just shows how extra you are sorry it does yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, arthur at enzo custom he is uh he's phenomenal and that is a plug but walking into a reality tv show from Mm -hmm. like wall street one of the most intimidating things one can do because you're around like a bunch of jack guys who are like personal fitness trainers like you know and i'm like what the hell did i sign up for okay
0: wait so we need to get the perspective of you because you're a former finance bro Mm -hmm. um and now you're a ceo tell me kind of how you balance your professional life with your love life because obviously now that you're a ceo i'm guessing are you still as busy as you were as a finance bro or do you feel like you have more balance and then how do you balance that all with dating in new york
1: Great question. I would say that I, so I honestly work less, than I did in finance But I have to think more So it's okay. actual It's harder work If that makes sense mm-hmm. And it's much more responsibility Because you know You can go screw up an Excel formula And whatever You get yelled at Yeah, End of the day But like this I have people to support You know Payroll to meet Stuff like that And and it's really dependent On my personal reputation So mm-hmm. there's much more thought That goes into the stuff And yeah. I mean I've fortunately been Very successful In the risks I've taken in this business I mean I built this business Off the back of a strip club Which was like In hindsight to take the risk I did was it all worked out in a phenomenal way hmm. but it's one of those things like I never when, when I take a big risk I don't want to have a plan b because then you're never going to fail you're you're never going to succeed on plan a you're always going to fail because you know it's it, it, there's always this attitude of like a lot of people like to talk about stuff and, and think about stuff and say okay well what if I did this or I have this great idea yeah I was just like fuck it let's do it and yep. did it and it's been it's been phenomenal so it's been so much fun but it makes the dating like definitely tougher um okay like you know even when we were going on our dates it's like it's it's a lot of effort to like communicate during the day and Mm -hmm. to prioritize that yeah and so i i've kind of found that my dating life is it's very interesting there's like one woman who i've known him for a very long time and she's like relatively well known so we kind of like have seen each other on and off and she's basically who i cheated on my girlfriend with oh shit And i'm sure at some oh, point oh the mistress is still in the yeah like, yeah now
0: is she going to become like the full-on girlfriend
1: I don't know if we're at a point for that. Mm. Um, I think like one of the actual, this is funny because one of the comments you said that I was thinking about on the ride over here yeah. was to start dating different types of people. And because yes. I've always kind of dated the same type of person running the same Which issues. was
0: what? What was it your was type?
1: White, blonde, like from like
0: upper middle. Yeah,
1: from Connecticut. Like just like, I don't know what I thought. What, in what my profession?
0: Head. What profession?
1: Uh, usually media like media PR you say fashion, fashion PR, PR? yeah, yeah That's I what you sit said and talk about fashion date. PR like till kingdom come like <laughs> okay and not even not even like think about it right because I always like to joke and it's not necessarily a joke but like I'm good on first dates as mm-hmm. you know Gets to like the third date and then I start to kind of, you know, then it's like, okay, I have to then start removing my facade because we all do that when we date. Of course, everyone has one. Right. And then, uh, you know, the other individual starts removing their facade. And so I I felt like for at least maybe like the first year I came back from the island Mm -hmm. that it's like – you like going out, telling the story, having fun, doing whatever, and then now I'm kind of much more uh, methodical because I took a lot of time off of dating actually okay. to really sit because it's like I was going on like four or five a week at one point, not that's 28 in 28 days. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Guilty
0: as charged, but, no, but still, like, that's like five yeah. per week, and the guy usually pays, yes. which is a whole different side yes.
1: of it. And But it's like I'm going out with another, like, 22-year-old from the University of Georgia and fashion PR, and mm-hmm. it's just like, this is the dumbest conversation of my life because yeah. I've had with it peace four and love. times. With
0: peace and love. Yeah, yeah. but it's not
1: because of it, her. It's because I've had it four times Yeah, that week, it's not interesting right? anymore. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm just like, oh, man, like, I need I need to do something different. So I took some time off, and then I think that was, like, very good for me to just mm. sit back, reassess everything. But, you know, it's – um. It's It's been an interesting time. So I, I'm kind of dialing back the dating because you got to find balance and everything. Like I think yeah. the one thing that I'm very pleased with with that is I've had much more time for friends and I've met people more organically and mm-hmm. – I, I think I'm I love like making jokes on Twitter about having hinge matches and blah 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 and whatever. Yeah. But I think that the thing with dating apps, and I'd be very curious your opinion is you know, you you use a dating app and you kind of have your idealized version of mm-hmm. someone. Yeah. And then you come to find out like maybe that isn't what I'm looking, maybe I'm wrong, which, you know, is very rare in my life. But okay. no, I'm kidding. yeah. Um, but you know, it's it, 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 it kind of like I feel like now I'm much more wanting some kind of organic uh meeting to happen through okay. mutual friends or at a bar or like something a setup like that exactly yeah, or even IRL. if it's just you know yeah 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 IRL in real life so that's how i tend to approach it now
0: Yeah, I know that makes sense. So it sounds like Hinge hasn't been as successful for you. I've seen some of your tweets and I feel (laughs) like – I think that some of the things that women say to you, I don't – like because you – okay, by the way, like this is me giving you a compliment. Okay. Like you're very attractive. You're fit. You have like a lot going on Mm. in your life you know, you're maybe intimidating to some women. And mm. so I think the tweet I saw was like, you look like an evil prince or something. Mm. Mm. And it's like, do a lot of women when they're trying to like message you or match you on Hinge? Are they like trying to dig at you? Is, is that kind of the approach that you get? Because I feel like you're that type of person that's like innately intimidating. And so people might think they need to like knock you down a notch
1: yeah yeah and i get that and mm-hmm. i also kind of like that like you I'm, like I'm it you think like it's playful yeah, yeah yeah it's okay. Fine. like I are like, like come at me it. yeah yeah okay. because some because some guys
0: don't like it some guys are like yeah come on man like i'm nice too and then get defensive mm. it sounds like you are yeah. having fun
1: well but i i also know that like in my core i'm a nice person i could kind of like list things that would shock people of like what i do in my free time for my mm-hmm. friends like yep. that we've discussed yeah but there there are you know i I I kind of set it up as like my dating profile, which you ha- told me I needed a rework mm-hmm. of, you know, it's almost a screener, right? Because like I am a little obnoxious and I am sometimes yeah. like too much and I have too much energy and I'm annoying. Like I know that and I'm not for everyone. So I kind of view that as like the screener. Then if you can come mock me, make fun of me, like I'm into that. That's fun totally. for me, you know? I think you're
0: like more like a puppy energy
1: yeah. or like yeah. a golden
0: retriever type of energy. I don't think mm-hmm. it's annoying. I just think it's yeah. like, energetic
1: yes you've been Um, around it that long so you know after a while it might it might start to Uh wear
0: um okay so are you are you dating right now for marriage because you're 31 years old but we live in new york fucking city Mm -hmm. like where people i mean for men like they don't really have to think about marriage until probably like 37 is like my stereotype Mm -hmm. so like what are you looking for
1: I would say that I'm definitely dating for marriage, which is – I feel like I can go and on a date, like, know within a minute.
0: Okay. Tell me more about that because I've seen TikToks where guys are like – like, yeah, like, we know within, like, a minute or, like, Mm -hmm. the first 15 minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear more about that. How do you know? What do you know?
1: Well, you can just tell the character of a person. Like, is this who I want to have my kids? Like, number one.
0: You go that deep right away. Well, I
1: can just... Like, you can just tell from... If one, they're going to go past the screener be able to have, like, the EQ to kind of read me and understand me. Mm -hmm. And then two, if, you know, I'm going to tell stupid jokes and whatever, and then we kind of get into stuff more deeply. Mm -hmm. But like, I really find that when someone goes deep into their story early on, it's like very authentic. Cause it's, it's, you know, I'm sure you you, having been on a lot of dates can just see through someone's like bullshit immediately.
0: Yeah, I try. I've been wrong a few times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Are are we going to get an
1: explanation of what happened to, was the guy married or what?
0: Um, I never found out if he was married, but like, okay. he for sure was not in a relationship.
1: Got it. It was just Got like
0: it. too much. Yeah. The, too the, much women. The
1: hair extensions. Yeah, that was.
0: And I didn't mention that there was like a ring holder on the girl's side of the bed. That's like meant for women's jewelry. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I, hindsight's hindsight's mm. twenty twenty.
0: Yeah. There
1: was one time I I went on a date with a married woman because I'm like, oh, maybe you know I need to explore different things. Mm-hmm. And so, so I jacked for- my age range yes. up. This woman. So what? How old? Uh, I well I just did it to like sixty five or whatever the top oh is. Oh my god, Mark. So this woman, she ended up. Um. So I should and I should have known this in the beginning because mm-hmm. in her in her hinge pics she was using an iPhone, but then the texts are green. So she was using you know I Google Voice trust or a, a burner, green yeah, text. right. It's I think like, that's who are you? that's the first lesson. Never trust a green text,
0: honestly. Right,
1: like at the, actually, one of my friends had a uh, Android, and we did a GoFundMe for to publicly shame him, so he would just get an iPhone, so it wouldn't God. screw up the group text. Yeah, and I still can't figure out how to get the money out of the GoFundMe. But uh, how ADHD, much did you raise? One hundred twenty-eight dollars.
0: Oh God, uh-huh. okay. it's
1: just trash. So if anyone knows how to get money out of a GoFundMe, yeah,
0: I don't think that they're listening to my podcast. Yeah. but maybe who
1: knows? I mean, who
0: knows? Put it into the universe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: Exactly. So where was I going with that?
0: Married woman, cougar. Mm, oh. What happens?
1: So we go, we go to and we go to the Mark Hotel on the Upper East Side. Okay. And so she uses this name Ava. Mm. And so I'm saying Ava. And then she goes, It's actually Ava. I'm like, okay. I mispronounced it. That, that's fine. And then later in the conversation, she was like, you know, actually my real name is not that. And yeah. I'm like, You have the audacity to tell me how I'm mispronouncing your fake name. Like, come on, at least let me pronounce the fake name, you know, correctly. But she was so rich, she'd never cooked in her life before. Jogs up, takes a picture of us. And I'm like, oh, you know, they must have seen me from season one of F-Boy Island eliminated the third episode. Like, yeah. And then she gets this, like, deathly look on her face. She's like, I just lost so much money. Okay. And then I'm starting to think, oh, she's definitely still married. And then she's like, I'm in the process of finalizing my divorce.
0: Okay. Which
1: means she's still married. And so I guess the guy hired a private investigator and that was the last I heard from her. So, was she
0: 65?
1: No, she was 48, but looked 38. Great plastic Hot. surgeon. Hot, Yeah.
0: I mean like J-Lo's like mm-hmm. 50s and she mm-hmm. looks amazing. Yeah. So who cares?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. So are finance bros really as busy as they say no. they are? No, no. Wait, tell me more. No. What? The, 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 yeah, you, you heard it here first. It's,
1: you're doing Algebra 1. Like, it's this is not hard stuff. Why are
0: they acting so busy? What it's, is it's it? It's a
1: superiority complex. Is because it? so So what it actually is, though, is that for most junior bankers, you're in a position that you're not in control of your life, right? But in your, you're making a lot of money. Okay. And you're working for a lot of people who make even more money. So you kind of start to, you know, ascribe to be like the people above you. But you realize you're doing stupid fucking shit.
0: What are they doing all day?
1: Literally, you're in Excel just like typing... On, on a thing and Maybe? then saying we'll do thanks like to the people above you
0: you're like in the team's messenger yeah art.
1: it's not creative gonna, it's a, uh, yeah. yeah this is the ai is gonna have a lot of changes sure. at the junior level okay but then it's like okay you you put on this persona to the person you're dating and you want to come across this big successful guy like i'm gonna have all this money everything because no one's doing that job because they enjoy it they're doing it because they like money and they have golden handcuffs and so then, and th- I mean, I went through the same thing too, which is why I can speak to this that it's mm-hmm. like you have to kind of justify your own existence a little bit and understand why you're doing something. And, you know, it's oh, it's because I can afford this nice dinner. I can go to Mariah. I can do this. You can go to a Broadway show, yep. whatever. But that also, you kind of lose touch with yourself in it and so you're you know at the end of the day that you're doing algebra one on an excel sheet that really probably no one gives a shit about that's going to be an output on a powerpoint deck Mm -hmm. that someone else above you is going to present and that person has been grinding 10 12 years in their life to do it and their marriage is probably horrible they never see their kids and there's always like this little inkling of like am i doing the right thing and like for me i'm fortunate that like inside me something was like the voice kept getting louder and it's like this is you don't want to be doing this this yeah. is not what what you thought life would be but a lot of people don't have that and you know you have to justify it in different ways and the only way you can do it is because of the money you're making and so no i mean there's a lot of <laughs> Woo Archie There's There's a lot of downtime In the job And that's That's the thing Like most of it happens Because you're getting comments From people above you Because it's always this hierarchy Yeah And so you're getting these comments Like later in the afternoon So then you have to work Later into the evening But most people get Into work at like 10 9 10 o'clock like and
0: they go work out for an hour during yeah lunch and, yeah yeah
1: yeah and so it's like my dad wakes up at 3 30 a.m my mom will wake up at 4 15 when she was working and so i'm used to waking up very early and then i start working in finance and it's like i would be the first one in the office at 8 yeah. 45 it was
0: wild oh shit mm-hmm. i mean that's why you guys are able to drink every day yeah because yeah. you're not getting up at the exactly. crack of dawn yeah. that makes sense mm-hmm. what are some red flags women should watch for in men and this is just like this question just came to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if anyone can speak to this, it's Mark.
1: Anyone who says they're a nice guy. And really? That was my Ooh, biggest I love that. issue with being a nice guy in F-Boy Island. Is it's like, I would never walk up to someone and say, I'm a nice guy. And I like I my childhood best friend, she's dating a guy who's mm-hmm. like, I'm a nice guy. I'm like, that guy's manipulative. Fuck. Yep. Anyone who says that. Uh-uh. Like, why are
0: you saying that? Why do you need Just to say be that? Nice. Judge me by
1: my actions, right? Actions. Yeah, like I'm not perfect. I'll sit here, I'll come on your podcast and tell you about cheating on my ex girlfriend. Totally. Like, you can judge me for my actions of who I am now, but I'm never going to say I'm a nice guy. You know, yeah. like that to me is the biggest red flag.
0: Okay. Any others? Any other like behaviors that you saw while well within the walls of the finance world?
1: So, I think one thing is that if the the healthiest relationships I saw, the, the female would always meet the male friends. I think if you, oh. like, if it's a Thursday, like Thursday nights tend to be, you know, one if you have one mm-hmm. to kind of go out with your work colleagues and like, if you're not invited or anything, then and I and I say this because you
0: can invite the girl. You can. You it's can, a it's America. You
1: can do whatever you want. Oh
0: hell yeah! Okay. So it's
1: like, why would you not want to yeah. invite her? So yeah. you either don't want your friends to. And what I found a lot of it was is that everyone's like, oh, I need to be like. You know, banging a supermodel or whatever, and they don't want to bring you know their long term girlfriend around. It's like that's like it was that's just like a
0: normie. Yeah,
1: that's so reflective on you though as a person, mm-hmm. and like those tended to be like the girlfriends I got along best with because it was like they're great people, normal people. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's just kind of you get caught up in this culture and atmosphere of stuff that when you dial it back. We're, we're, this is all a joke like we're all yeah. normal people at the end of the day totally right? we're just
0: in new york city so it yeah. feels important yeah
1: exactly so
0: it's funny though because when i was getting you know more publicity and press during mm. my 28 date challenge there were people who reached out to me and they're like what's your secret they're mm. like like finance bros and like hedge fund bros usually only date like supermodels mm-hmm. and you're just like a normal girl and i'm like yeah, there's no secret. I don't. Yeah. I think that's a stereotype. Like, yeah. do you think like what percentage of these men are actually dating models? Because New York Very is little. crawling with models, by the way. There's a lot of beautiful women here. Mm. Um, but like, how common is that?
1: I mean. <laughs> I... I uh come on be honest like i'm saying i went on a date with a very well-known porn star earlier this oh, week oh god and
0: I mean, I, why do i say it like that that's it, amazing it, but
1: it's it, no it's 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 great right like but i can never do that in banking but the thing is like no one is doing that in banking like you're working and mm. also like when you do go on a date with a very attractive woman like this woman is actually very intellectual and has like great side businesses yeah and stuff but How'd you meet um so we met through a mutual friend okay so and there's actually after you being like you need to start dating other types of people i'm like oh yeah porn star Um, totally that's
0: that's exactly what i was talking about Uh,
1: exactly i don't know if my mom was too pleased when i told her but um i i think like the big thing that i've noticed is kind of confidence of the woman. That yeah. like end of the day like you could be the most beautiful woman in the world but if you don't have anything to talk about, if yeah. you can't have an opinion on something, what mm-hmm. are what are you, you going to do? What what's that meal worth that you're going to go spend 2 hours of your day to sit and drink expensive wine and to like not talk about anything, you know?
0: Do you think though that men sometimes use women as a way to get more status? So mm-hmm. like let's say a guy was nerdy his whole life mm-hmm. and then now all, all of a sudden he has money. Mm-hmm. Do you think like That's
1: exactly what it is. That
0: That's with a guy who's trying to find the model Uh, and uh, is judging a girl by just her looks.
1: Yes. A lot of people that I've noticed who do that were Mm -hmm. people who were bullied at a younger age. Okay. And people who are trying to make up for it now uh, that... Yeah, he agrees. ...are because of prior things that have happened in your life that you're trying to correct or to justify to yourself or to make up for. And so I, I do think that a lot of the aspect of, like, kind of having arm candy or whatever is something that is appealing because that's just kind of the natural male culture. But mm-hmm. it's also something that's like, okay, you do that, right? And so you're married to someone who, you know, doesn't have your interests, you don't have hers, just so you can go to, like, Nantucket and, like, you know, have, like, the picture-perfect family. Like I retwe- But it's
0: just a picture. It's yeah, just it's just, a, just picture.
1: a picture. And people see through that, you know? It's like, there, there was this tweet that I did, or I retweeted, and it was like, you know, I can't wait to um, have 2.3 kids and two golden retrievers named... Um, northrop grumman and raytheon or something like that but it's like this idea we have of the american dream is so it's so like it's empty and it's not something that's true like if you look at at like the happiest people Mm -hmm. it's going to be some of the two last people you thought would be together right Mm -hmm. or you know the the relationships like the ones that were the most stable from like higher ups i worked with were for people who had been with their wives for a very long time yeah and i think an important thing too is a lot of people who kind of come out from you know wherever they go to school they come to work on wall street and they've been dating someone for a long time and they're like oh i gotta go like get some more I gotta live the life and then yeah. they break up with their long-term girlfriend then they start going through like normal dating cycles blah 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 and then they want to go back to the long-term girlfriend she's found someone who's like understood themselves better yeah. and didn't want to do that so it's it's you know it's very much a um appearance type thing I believe but yeah. it, you know appearance comes before reality in a lot of cases but I think that just the general stereotype and it's like Mo- the, the, there's all these Patrick Bateman memes and I love retweeting them and everything, but like, mm. that's not reality. Totally. But that is reality to a lot of people that they justify their existence it's like, that was a book written by a guy who hated his dad And that was supposed to be something that was mocking his dad. And now that is, like, the aspirational, you know, person of this industry of of a nonfiction book. What? And I'm,
0: like, pro, like, finding a guy that you think is hot and you're attracted to. I'm not trying to, like, be anti that. Mm -hmm. But I love that you're talking about that you look at the whole person and Mm -hmm. not just appearance. Because I think a lot of women get in their heads, especially Mm -hmm. at the age of 30, where they, like, start to doubt themselves and lack confidence and it's Mm -hmm. actually like the confidence that you exude yeah is what's going to attract the guy. A-
1: oh, absolutely. That's why I think uh, what you're doing with the hinge profile, the prompts, mm-hmm. like to me now, I try and just go through and read the prompts first before really? looking at pictures. But I mean, like the human eye can make a, a split second judgment on someone when you're scrolling even. Yeah. But so I try and do it as much as I can because to me, it's like I have found that the kind of best times that I've had or like the best relationships that I've had have mm-hmm. been with people who were not what I imagined. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I mean, I'm 31 years old, so it's taken a while for me to get to that point and through a lot of stuff and some of it publicly. Mm -hmm. But it's been, you know, it's been something I'm very fortunate to have gone through that.
0: What's the biggest difference between your online persona, which you said your business, your um, equity animal business was built on the back of a strip club. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that show like I've seen I've been following you now for two months and, you know, every Friday, like clockwork, I see you. Yeah posting strip club pictures and whatnot and by the way like I'm pro like sex workers I I'm mm. not gonna ever sit here and shame them mm. but you know when we were going on dates at one point you texted me and you're like I'm I'm posting this picture at a, at a strip club but I'm yeah. actually at home reading a yeah historical I was reading a book on Austrian or...
1: economics yeah
0: okay see I don't even know I was like excuse me yeah
1: yeah so what I mean is the biggest difference well like the strip club thing like I uh I I really before working with RCI Hospitality I I didn't like strip clubs at all mm-hmm. uh like my brother had his bachelor party at a Rick's location and I remember being there and sitting on the edge of a friend group so I learned to sit in the middle of a friend group and it, you're talking to one of the dancers there, and she was like, where are you from? I say, New York. And she's like, oh, I've always wanted to see the Atlantic Ocean. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so depressing. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I'm friends with strippers. Like, yeah. there's, like, one girl in Miami who I've helped her with her 401K, like, starting LLC. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I feel like I've been very successful in bridging the worlds of Wall Street and Vice in a way that I knew would hit my target audience. Mm-hmm. And that's why the kind of the IR stuff has worked out with them. But like I walk in a triple, I'm nervous. Like I have a lot of anxiety, just as mm-hmm. anyone else does. But I've learned how to control that through various ways, and to not come across that way. Yeah. And so I I think any of the normal thoughts that someone uh, would have in a situation, like I'm having, yeah. I just know how to kind of. it out there and I I know too that for my personality, people are expecting a certain thing and I know how to give it. But that doesn't mean that's like I'm not fucking sweating through my shirt underneath, you know? Yeah. So it's it's similar. It's an aggrandized version, I would say, but I kind of I view a lot of it as a social experiment that I kind of throw stuff out there. I see what hits, I see what misses, Mm -hmm. whatever. But most of it all I I, I think that having a very hyper because I did this knowing there was no kind of face to being a niche finance influence or like there's a lot of anonymous accounts and all this stuff. But there's an opportunity to do this because I really felt that if I were to do it and have a voice that then I could talk about things like the mental health aspect. Yeah. Or talk about the relationship stuff and to be able to kind of show, hey, it's okay to have doubts about yourself. It's Mm -hmm. okay to, you know, totally pivot your career. Do go on F Boy Island, do whatever. I mean, if I could go from Center View to F Boy Island and have things work out, like, you know, I'm not living in my parents' basement. It's like great why not take a risk
0: i love it okay so i now i'm gonna ask you my listener question let's do it um i had about a million people ask <laughs> was he the ceo
1: <laughs>
0: what's the answer
1: that was me that okay. was me
0: um you heard it here first this other guy asked what was it like dating Marin or how were the dates with maran that's the exact the date
1: well the first two dates Really good. Mm-hmm. The third one.
0: Which I planned.
1: That you planned, Lauren. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, we we show up, and it was funny because you te- it was a surprise. And you're like, we're going to this place that I'm not going to say because I like cheeseburgers.
0: Okay, you told me you like burger king. Yeah. So I was like, he'll, I he'll love this. Yeah, place. and I it was, was very thoughtful. sweet. But then yeah. I
1: was like, I don't. Think she knows what this place is. Cause I like I just picked up a cheeseburger from there earlier in the week because it's by my office. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to tell you because it's like, you know, I know you you had kind of like planned it and everything. And it's like, okay. And it, it was fun, but it was, I mean, it was kind of we're there, it's like the uh, because we had to get a milkshake as part of this thing. Yeah, and so there it was like, like a
0: partnership. Yeah, the it whipped like creams
1: piece, yeah. falling off on the table, and it was just sitting on the table for like 45 minutes.
0: It was the worst service ever. We were overdressed. Like I was wearing oh my a God.
1: dress. Yeah. Yeah. We were at this it like burger shack. Though, like, it was bad. But stuff like that. And I think like I always kind of like love when stuff goes wrong mm-hmm. on a day because You then handled you, you,
0: it so well. Well,
1: you learn how someone responds to something like that, right? Yeah. Like if I just like lost my temper or whatever, like, you know.
0: Or made me, you didn't make me feel dumb. <laughs> and then at the end, they were supposed to give us the receipt. And it was oh, supposed yeah, to be free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you did I was. Get refunded. I did get you refunded. But I like quick was like, I'm going to pay for it. And he was so cute. And he just like handed them his card. You still got me an Uber home. You were so sweet. Like, you laughed it off. So Mm -hmm. that's – Yeah. I thought that was a good moment for you. I was, like, really impressed.
1: Yeah. It it was fun. And I would say, I mean, I kind of – like, I reached out to you after seeing that Bloomberg article that Missy did because she did one of my articles. And so then – and I had looked at your social media, you know, at that point, and then we go on a date – And normally I'll, like, heavily research someone beforehand. But, like, I read the article. I'm like, okay, I I kind of get the gist of stuff. And then afterwards, though, I found it interesting. And I almost kind of felt like a flashback to, like, the days right after F-Boy Island premiered because, like, some of my friends would be sending me comments and stuff about yeah. and it's just like I don't like reading what people have to say about me especially if it's like I know my audience and it's like I joke around with them and everything like especially on Twitter but it's like to you know from someone who I know how I come across and I know how someone could perceive that it's like I don't I don't need this in my life so I stopped kind of looking at everything that you were posting mm-hmm. so then after I'm kind of like catching up on like oh what happened with um, the, the guy with the hair extensions in the mm-hmm. you know bathroom yeah, and yeah. stuff like that so it was interesting Because it's like, and I think a lot of people would probably have the same viewpoint on me to be, you know, going on dates with someone who's very public. Yeah. That I think for a lot of people that can create a lot of, you know, potential insecurity or whatever. Whereas, like for me, I'm like, I'm just not gonna look at it. So it was it was fun though. I had a good time. Good. Mm -hmm.
0: No, I I did too. Um. Okay. How can this person now shifting away from me? Okay. How can somebody tell if a guy is genuine when meeting for the first time?
1: I think asking them to talk about their parents.
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Would you, I mean, it's also a sensitive one too. Like I was going to yeah. say mother, like is like I'll sit and talk about my mom till kingdom come. Um, But you know, not, not everyone's like fortunate enough to have, you know, traditional household. But I think asking them to talk about family members, right? Yeah. Or pet related or like seeing them have passion about something. Yeah. Like I think I, I think the biggest problem like in modern dating is people think like you have to be cool and like calm like
0: totally i'm not cool
1: you're you're not calm like you know you said i'm not well cool? no you're not calm i'm not cool you're definitely not that calm like i'm I, not a
0: calm girl he told me you like literally told me you're like you're like kind of anxious energy
1: yeah i can't help it yeah mm-hmm. but then soon you learn to disguise it as like being cool and people are like oh how are you smooth and it's like you don't know what's going on underneath so it's like I, just, all. I breathe in and breathe out yeah. and you don't see that before i talk but uh yeah, no, it's it's like you, you gotta be passionate about stuff and like mm-hmm. you you have to have stuff you care about. But yeah. I think that's also a problem for a lot of people in finance is like you're so stressed about your job and whatever, but it's like think back to you know how would as i view it 19 year old self view you hmm. and it's like 19 year old self would have been like that guy fucking sucks seeing me as a banker yeah but 19 year old me now would be like yo that's cool he went on fboy island that's cool he's it doing his cool. own thing you know that i can wear sweatpants to work and like do whatever
0: do you though i feel like you're always in a suit
1: it was always days i had meetings okay every
0: time yeah, i saw yeah, yeah, you i was like this no, guy's there, there, the there
1: was one day, but like yeah. i sweat a lot during the day that's the thing so like i had okay. to change in a different outfit when we went to the burger place. So, so that funny. yeah. You looked uh-huh.
0: good. Thank um, you. okay. So is he single and does he want to slide into my DMs? Who's so, that? What's her at? Um Haley. I don't want to tell you. i um, will tell you You off Tell me off camera. camera. Yeah. Um, so if people are interested in sliding in, like are the DMs open? Yeah,
1: DMs are open. I'm very I'm very responsive.
0: Are you? Yeah. Okay, cute.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, okay. Do you guys look more at photos or at prompts on the apps? You kinda alluded yeah, to this. Yeah. I but, mean, I think
1: most are photos.
0: Yeah. What are like the best photos? Are there any like don't do's from a man's perspective?
1: So the first one, it, it's got to be solo, or, or at least with someone who you can tell immediately is not you, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, sometimes I'll see someone and it's like, I don't know if that's your brother, your current boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, like, yeah. what are you thinking? You know, yeah. like, that's just crazy. And then first photo, like, not a bikini pic. because. Really? then. It, well, then it's like I'm going into it thinking like I can easily have sex on the first date.
0: Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. That is a scoop. Yeah. So if the first photo is a bikini photo, you're thinking sex. But if it's mm-hmm. like the fourth photo, you're like, okay, yeah, you're like, OK, she's, she,
1: she knows she's a good girl. Well, and she knows how to like do a good profile. Like she's okay. using her brain on this. OK. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you feel about when there's solo pictures of pets?
1: I it, it depends. I kind of find it funny. Like if it's like okay. the last one, like I yeah. think that shows personality. You do? Yeah.
0: Okay, because that's I a think, controversial one because some guys are like, absolutely not.
1: Well, if it's a cat, like the immediate ex, I just, not the my
0: cat thing. people are going to come out for I, you.
1: They're going to come. Yeah, I know. And it, well, they came for you at one point. I know. Um, I know. But I, I just, I'm not a cat person. I can admit that. That's not my thing.
0: I think that's valid. And it's a good, if like you're obsessed with your cat and you mm. want the man to be also obsessed with your cat, then don't then put the cat because then he won't swipe on you.
1: Well, and I think too, though, you know, focusing on cats specifically, Mm -hmm. um, It's okay to have a cat like that's fine. But, you know, there's the association because the Simpsons of the crazy cat lady where like she got a law degree at Yale and a a medical degree at Johns Hopkins or or Harvard. And Mm -hmm. then she went crazy that we'd have these societal connotations of women who are obsessed with cats. And it's like, okay, just maybe, you know, the cat's in the picture, but you're in the picture, too. You know, I think it's different with dogs, honestly, at least like from a male perspective. So that's my honest answer.
0: I appreciate the honesty Um, this person, this is a controversial question, but I think you, I think you can handle it. I wouldn't ask you if I didn't think you could. So this person said, ask him why anyone who is serious would want to date a man like him.
1: <laughs> um, I would say.
0: That's like a really harsh question. That's,
1: that is. That is. But but I, I put myself out there knowing that someone could have that viewpoint, exactly, right? Exactly.
0: Because you're online persona. Exactly. Yeah. But
1: I would never want to even interact with someone who doesn't have the EQ to understand that if if you think this is what I am 100% of the time. Yeah. Like.
0: Come well, on. Someone could say that someone could ask me the very same question mm-hmm. with 28 days. Exactly. exactly.
1: I'm sure they do. And they right? do.
0: And so I was like, yeah, like, it's just like, of course, I have my online persona mm-hmm. building a business. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, there's also many layers and dimensions to me. And mm-hmm. I would say there's many layers and dimensions to you as well, clearly. Well,
1: and I think there's two parts of that, right? Like, it's one kind of like the, like, niche influencer type thing of... Mm-hmm people just reacting weirdly to someone who puts themselves out there but i think a lot of that comes through jealousy because i think there is this uh perceived connotation of like oh like you're just you know you're up on the restoration hardware rooftop drinking at noon and blah 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 and like whatever and it's like no this just like stressful like all like i mean i'm under constant stress as i'm sure you are because it's like you've taken a risk on yourself and at the end of the day there's no going back on that like not that i would want to go back on it but that's not something I was doing in banking. I could sit behind a computer and, you know, have a firm be my brand and whatever. You have the
0: shield. Yeah, well, yeah. Or
1: like you put on your vest and you have, you know, your little logo of where mm-hmm. you work. Like that matters. No one gives a shit. Yeah. But that breeds insecurity in other people who look at you knowing that, oh, there's a little bit of me that thinks I could do that. Or maybe I want to do mm-hmm. that, but I, I'm not going to do it, right? Totally. So let me just go after them. But I think, too, the one of the things that I've learned is just, and I have like a much more diverse friend group now than I did previously and part of that was like i only want to surround myself with people who kind of understand and have dimensions and mm-hmm. understand you know the duality of people yeah and it's like i'm very much an extroverted introvert as i feel like you probably I are 100%. So like i need like i i got a kid who dropped out of school who works for me who's living on my air mattress right now for a few weeks and it's uh-huh. like I, I need to just fucking go in my room sometimes and like... Sit. And shut your door. Yeah, and totally. just like sit by myself, mm-hmm. right? Totally. um But it's it's one of those things that, you know, everyone has different sides of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think people show it in different ways, but people value themselves in different ways. Yeah. And what I've learned is that any kind of reaction to you as a person on the internet is more a reflection of, of the them. individual making totally. that reaction.
0: Like when guys tell me I'm like not hot enough to be doing this challenge, I'm like yeah honestly you wish sir
1: yeah like with exactly. peace and
0: love you wish exactly
1: like i had my my favorite one today because i get i get this sometimes but like i i used to get a lot more hate but now like it's it's really it's more love it's more like people being like yo like i like i had a, a managing director who's now a partner that i work for at centerview who who like he takes me out to dinner he's like i just want to thank you for doing this because Aww. i like live through your life yeah. and he's like i wish i could have done something like this and like Amazing. we and it's like yeah i mean maybe i'm just crazy enough to do it like mm-hmm. this is this is funny so let me pull this out where is this uh believing i i like posted some meme that was joking about climate change or something and he goes he calls me a soy cuck woke liberal beta male and i click on the guy's profile and like he has his girlfriend in the profile like girlfriend of and it's like oh so who's the, yeah yeah and it's like yeah. i mean i could have read you from the common and like that's one of my favorite things to do like sometimes it, you know someone will say someone's like all right we're we're going after you but like i love when people insult me on the internet my favorite insult ever was yeah. melted kendall dipshit it's like even like my mom loves it like that's actually show, iconic yeah, yeah. she'll refer to me as that sometimes it's just it's so funny I and it's like it. Yeah, all of this so you stuff. Lean in, which you, is well, fun. you have to, but that's like life. If you can't laugh at yourself, you know totally. what is life, what right? Is mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So before we go, mm-hmm. I want you to give my audience a piece of dating advice. It could be dating advice, it could be life advice, but because I am a dating podcast, yes. I love it to skew towards love in that arena.
1: So I'm a hopeless romantic. Aww. And I I felt at one point in my life that I was settling. Mm. and that that's kind of like what ultimately I've now unpacked with my psychologist about why I did certain things in my life, but I would say that a lot of people I know settle for stuff out of comfort, mm. and because you think, oh, I'm getting older. I'm not going to be able to find the right person. I'm not going to be able to do the right thing, yep. but... I would say never settle for what you think you want because, you know, it's very chaotic in your late 20s, early 30s mm-hmm. and you think, okay, I, I got to figure this out or else like yeah. I have to get my eggs frozen, do this and blah, blah, blah. But like, if you don't do that, you're just going to fall into the comfortable relationship and then you're going to get divorced probably, like statistically speaking. But you could take the risk now, push yourself. Like mm-hmm. I've found more growth being single than I ever did in a relationship. Okay. Really find yourself, figure out who you are. And then, you know, you kind of manifest it. And once you're, like, you're ready, that right person will be there. Yeah. And things will come around. But I think don't rush it. There was, and I'll tie this into both of our audiences. When I was at Center View, there was one Word document that was essentially the recruiting principle. And it was never appear desperate. So you're interviewing a kid, never appear desperate. That you need them more than they need you. And that's my dating advice. Never appear desperate. Oh,
0: my God. That's iconic. Mm -hmm. Do you think I appeared desperate when I did 28 dates in 28 days? Like, was that desperate energy?
1: No, but I looked at it from my perspective Mm. and I could see how that is like an easy dig and joke to make at you. But I think what you're doing is very important for a lot of people to see just as like what I was doing that Mm -hmm. it's like there's this very niche audience and some of the voices will come from not that target audience, but like you're taking a risk. You're putting yourself out there and a lot of people are learning stuff from you. So I applaud you for doing that.
0: Thank you, Mark. Mm -hmm um let's plug you like where can people find you
1: uh my social media is all at it's mark moran um linkedin twitter i had a tiktok but i had to delete it because i was get, I was getting too distracted i'd be just up on that at night like and the algorithm was so good
0: i know um, tiktok is like so addictive it's
1: so addictive then yeah instagram DM me if you have any questions. Like I always love – like one of the things I would say too is, you know, sometimes I get messages People people like, oh, I saw you at the gym and I didn't mm-hmm. want to come up. It's like, come up, ask your fucking questions. Like i will give you the answer about whatever. Like yeah. I've been through the ringer. You know, I got experience. Like I'm always happy to help. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. Any questions, um, I always like to be as helpful as they can. So
0: I love it. And I will just add one more thing. Like I on this journey have dated a lot of guys who – kind of self-described as nice guys mm-hmm. turned out to be complete douchebags mm-hmm. mark was actually a good guy through and through and i have the fucking best barometer i like really trust myself mm-hmm. like it sometimes takes me a minute but you're actually a good one thank which you. is why we still are friends mm-hmm. and still have this relationship That's why we're here yeah exactly uh-huh. so definitely slide in ladies mm-hmm. he's a good egg
1: definitely well it's it's uh it's great to have seen your kind of development with this and turn into what it is so very thank proud of you. you this is awesome thank you for yeah. having me
0: okay Awesome. Thanks again to our sponsor, First Rounds on Me. If you're tired of endless small talk with an overwhelming number of pen pals, go download First Rounds on Me now and get yourself a real date.